Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast. We are back. The season is here. We're going to cover all 32 NFL teams, all the college power conferences. <laughs> We're going to pick all the winners. We're, we've got a lot to cover, so let's go ahead and get started. I'm John. Uh, I am the host. I'm joined by a uh, writer and contributor for SI.com, Charlie Dodd, and our producer, Dylan. And guys, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, I, I, I've said it before. I said it at the end of last season, uh, the offseason did nothing to change my mind. I think the 49ers are going all the way this year. Um, I think we should all bow down before our Lord and Savior, Colin Kaepernick. Um, I also I, I also think the SEC is not going to take that loss uh, in the national championship game last year lightly. I think they're going to come back. I think they're going to be really strong. And with this four-team playoff, I really think they're going to dominate. We're going to see some more SEC on SEC crime in the national championship game. <laughs> Go ahead and put it down. Uh uh, I, I, yeah, you know, you know, John, I'm, I'm going to have to stop you there because, um, you know, I, I, I think it's fair to say that, that I love me some, some football, no matter what city, no matter what conference, no matter what level of play it, it unless, happens unless, it, unless it's that, that English premier crap. I don't know. what um, game So yeah, that there's, you know, football is, well, it's football. It's so football. It couldn't be any more football than the football it currently is. And I defy anyone to challenge me on that. You are football, 100% football, correct. football, 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 You are hundred percent correct. Football. Charlie It is going to be the footballiest football season ever. Mark it down, mark it down. And Dylan, you're just footballing at this point and I'm going to call you on it. Football, 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 baseball, I, basketball, whoa. football. Whoa. Sorry. Whoa. Whoa, whoa! We're not that kind of podcast. We are not. We are. We are football, football, football. All right. So we've been gone for a few weeks. Lots of shits happened. Uh, lots of shits happened in the real world. Lots of shits happened to us. Um, but we're here. We're queer. Get used to it. <laughs> that sounds. It sounds very reserved. Like something really, really horrible, you know. Something really, really horrible did happen, but that's not that's that's not for public dissemination. Oh yes, yes. Uh, but anyway, um, in any case, um, we're gonna talk about some really old movies, and a bunch of grown men in their thirties are gonna deconstruct the shit out of a kid's movie. We are going to tear this motherfucker apart. So get ready. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. It, Prepare your anuses. Dylan, don't even pretend like you don't love destroying uh, children's properties. I'm just saying in this particular case, it is a movie that has like a fractal-like level of complexity to its stupidity. (laughs) It started out, you know, a, a questionable premise. And the further down you go, there's just more questionableness. It's like an onion. And each layer you go through makes you cry a little harder than the last. So we have all, um, I think we've all separately now seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Like on our own, we've not really reported back on it. Um, And we all together watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think what was funny about Guardians of the Galaxy was literally everyone I would typically see a movie with or everyone who would want to see this movie because I don't know that Chad was really in on it. I was like, hey, you should go see it. I'm like, yeah, I should. I'll do that by myself. By myself, (laughs) the quads. 
<laughs> hey, Godzilla. Ne- hashtag never forget. Um, <laughs> anyway. Oh, so good. Um, so, yeah, I-, I want to start with Guardians of the Galaxy because it's going to lay the groundwork for some stuff I want to talk about with uh, Ninja Turtles. So, uh, I don't know. Le- uh, leading question. What did you guys think of the movie? Um, because, because just to lay the groundwork, we're talking about, you know, before this movie came out, I think people were saying like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the movie where the Marvel bubble bursts. Like nobody's going to go and see this movie. Nobody knows these characters. This is stupid. There's a talking raccoon. There's a tree. You know, nobody wants anything to do with this. And the movie did quite well at the box office. So what what did you guys think? I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it, too. And I think what I liked about it was it didn't feel like the typical Marvel movie. It didn't really even feel like the typical modern movie. A lot of modern movies, even when they're funny in places, they tend to take themselves too seriously. Mm -hmm. Whereas this felt more like, you know, like a a, um, original trilogy Star Wars or... Um, a 90s Star Trek or something like that. Um, wow, good call, actually. Yeah. I think a lot of it was the music, which, again, music from that era does not take itself as seriously as pop does now. I, I, I would put it up there in the halls of sci-fi greatness with Star Trek Four. Wow. Heck, yeah, okay. that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Star and that's Trek. kind of a big deal. Star Trek Four is easily the best one that you don't <laughs> want to. Love. Yeah, I was about to say these fucking posers are all going to say Wrath of Khan, but they're all full of shit and they know it. Yeah. Well, and double dumbass on them. Not that Wrath of Khan is bad, but they but but they know deep in their heart of hearts they come home from a hard day. They they, they open they, a beer and they say, you know what? If Star I'm Trek. if I'm being honest in my quiet moments with only myself, Star Trek Four. Yeah. I want to. I want to see. But, I want to see Kirk save some whales. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the like. I think that is not not just how they handled it, not just the ensemble cast, not just not taking itself too seriously, but it wasn't one of these. The fate of the universe is, you know, is riding on everything that happens. It's like we threw in the fate of a planet towards the end because technically we had to. <laughs> it, it's one of those things where. Okay, let's just presume. Let, let's just set the scene for a moment. You come home. There's nobody else around. You're bored. You're turning on Netflix and you find the Star Trek movies, like the original series Star Trek movies, you know, one through six. And your thumb browses over to the Wrath of Khan. You look at it and you go, "Yeah, I, I can get in on this." And you're about to hit the button and you look over to the right and you see Star Trek for. And it's eyeing and, you. And, and, and you eye it for a second. And then you, you just casually thumb over to it to read the description. And then you, you go... You look around yourself to make sure no one else is there. Yeah, and, and then you hit that button and you watch Star Trek for you. And you watch the fuck out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how that happens. And and that's, that is kind of Guardians of the Galaxy, Dylan. I think you make an excellent point there. Um, it's... It's one of those where you're afraid you're going to get bogged down. You're you're afraid that it's going to stop being fun at some point and it's going to start being work because they're going to put in all this exposition and everything and you're going to be like, all right, that's fine. I understand you have to have some exposition here, but let's just get to the good stuff. 
But they do an excellent job of just kind of keeping the movie going. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not just that. Like, it's not just the exposition. It's just that, you know, the stakes aren't uh, aren't as high as they can possibly be. And that seems to be the problem with a lot of movies now is that the stakes have to be ratcheted up so high to such a global scale that you can't really enjoy the characters on their own because you know, it's got to be bigger. You know what, though? That is the genius and the glory of of if you're a Marvel comic book fan, you already know where you know where we don't even have Avengers two yet, but we already know where Avengers three is going mm-hmm. because Thanos is is sitting out there. Uh, this is the first movie where they explicitly call out the Infinity Stones by name. Mm-hmm. Um, so so if you're a fan of the comics, you know that the whole Infinity Gem, Infinity Gauntlet, that whole thing is coming with Thanos. That's mm-hmm. you're not getting around that. That's where uh, you know. Avengers three is going. So that that's where the high watermark for those, uh, for those stakes Dylan is, you know, it's, it's like, yeah. that's going to be where the entire universe is at stake. You can't blow that in guardians of the galaxy one, because you're probably going to have like at least guardians of the galaxy two before Avengers three comes out. Yeah, and I really hope they mm-hmm. don't go there, but it's not just the plot that they don't take as seriously. Like if you look at like the character of star Lord, especially like, yeah, you know, Early on in the movie, you see him with like the red skinned girl in his, you know, he's picked her up. He's he's a thief. He's a scoundrel. He's a terrible person. But instead of being like now where he would actually be a terrible, problematic person, he's like Han Solo or Will Riker. You know, Mm -hmm. like these are terrible people. They would be monsters in real life. But through the dramatic lens of like, you know, Star Wars or Star Trek, eh, ha ha, we can laugh at them. And right. that's again, like from start to finish, it does not take itself too seriously. Yeah. I, it's, it's just a really fun film. Um, I've talked about this multiple times, but this is kind of an important movie for Marvel because one, it kind of solidifies the fact that, yeah, people are tied up enough into um, not just, you know, certain properties like, Iron Man and Avengers and Captain America or whatever. Um, they're also tied into that Marvel cinematic universe. They're willing to go mm-hmm. where Marvel takes them. And that's, that's not just including the comic book fans, you know, it made like 90 something million at the box office the first weekend. That's including, you know, people who have been casually drawn into, into the Marvel cinematic universe as well. Mm-hmm. And well, it, it, I was just going to say, um, Charlie, you'll kind of appreciate this. Um, one of the things that a lot of TV critics um, were talking about when Games of, Game of Thrones was on was how towards the end of the season, a lot of the more magical and traditional traditional fantasy elements started to really show themselves. Mm-hmm. Because in uh, Game of Thrones, they start out with, you know, it, there's, there's, you know, in the first se- scene of the TV series and, and sorry, that's my only point of reference is the TV series. I haven't read any of the books yet. You know, you see a white Walker, so, you know, they're zombies mm-hmm. and you go, okay, whatever. And then, you know, it's mostly intrigue and everything else. And then somewhere in the first season you get dragons and then, you know, it, it but again, you know, it's mostly the people, you know, it's most mostly the Lannisters primarily. They're driving the story onward and onward and onward. It's more about people. And then towards the end of this season, you're like, 
well, you know, you're fine with dragons, right? Well, here and and you're fine with the with the uh, with the White Walkers, right? So here's some magic wood people, and you go, all right, whatever. And that's kind of the same approach that Marvel has taken. It's like, okay, you 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 know, you're fine with you're fine with uh, Iron Man, you're fine with Captain America, you're fine with Thor. You know these characters; they're superheroes. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And then you go. Well, you know, I guess it's it's not that big. You know, I, I've seen X-Men. I've seen Spider-Man. I guess it's not that big of a deal to go see a movie with a talking raccoon. And I guess it's okay that there's a tree that only says three words in the whole movie. That's fine. You know, I'm, I'm okay with it. I can still go on with this. It's fine that they're in outer space. It's not a big deal. It's a Marvel movie. Who cares? And, and that's kind of what they have to do. They have to kind of slowly mm-hmm. be like... Okay, you're willing to go this far, right? Well, you can, we can go just a little bit further. I mean, looking back now, you know, or, or looking by the time we get to the, to Avengers three, it's probably going to be really weird to go back and watch like the first Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're yeah. right though that they they really did. I think they've done a superb job of of easing people into the weirder stuff like the talking raccoon, and I think. I think you're right. They really couldn't have done it before now. No. I think it really did take that because it, you know, like you say, Iron Man, like Hulk, Captain America, those, those ease you in. And then, you know, they hit you with Thor. So you've got the sort of aliens, alien technology that, that, you know, it's kind of like magic, but you, you can't like, like Thor is sort of that intermediate step between like, Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy to sort of yes. risk that. How weird are you? Are you willing to tolerate? It's also this is also I think a really has been a really important movie for Marvel in as a, a sort of a proof of concept thing. Well, I mean I think they first did it with with Captain America too because and we talked about this. I've probably talked about it at length that I thought it was they did a really great job of saying. You know, we're going to make a political thriller. It just is so happens to have superheroes in it. Yes. And this one was, and I think they did a great job with it. But this was a step further to say, okay, we're going to make an action comedy that just so happens to have superheroes in it. So, I mean, I think this, I guess you could say, you know, Captain America 2 could have been a fluke. I, I, I think this sort of solidifies their ability to use that universe to tell very different stories, but still keep it within the same universe, still feeling unified and coherent. Well, and I think what they're also doing is they are explicitly branching out. So yeah. like I'd heard the comment about uh, Captain America two being a political thriller. You know, I'd heard a lot of, a lot of these comments Personally, I'm not a huge fan of superheroes. So, you know, I'm, you know, unless there's just someone going to see one of these movies that invites me along, I'm probably not going to make a point even on Netflix now to see like Thor or Captain America or the Hulk Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Um, But Guardians of the Galaxy seems much more accessible. You know, it's kind of got the, you know, one, it's an ensemble cast of, characters that are not superheroes um it's explicitly trying to be funny um it's it it's explicitly that comes up in reviews that that's kind of part of its its uh um feel that Mm -hmm. it's trying to create um 
again, you know, like I said, not taking itself too seriously. And plus, yeah, like it, it kind of feels like that 90s sci-fi, you know, yeah. Deep Space Nine, Next Generation, Cowboy Bebop sort of vibe. And I'm like, I'm on board with that far more than anything else. So I, I feel like it's it's actually good that they're branching out. Like it's the smart thing oh, yeah. to do because then you're not like, well, we've made movies of all the popular superheroes. Where do we go from here? It's, well, and, and it feels like they are it feels like they're what they're trying to do is completely reframe superhero. Like where superhero slash comic book has been a genre in and of itself. It feels like what they're trying to do with the Marvel movies now is, is widen that out instead of saying, okay, superhero comic book is a genre. No, it's not a genre. It's more like a framing device. Yes. And it's, it's more a setting and a theme than a genre. Now the genre could be, we can now, using that that uh setting do any kind of movie we want that could appeal to any number of people yeah and like i said even to the point where it's like suddenly it's no longer superhero comic book quite you know like quite what you ex- you would expect superhero comic book to be mm-hmm. um well, even on the that, surface yeah. level and i and, and i think that's a a really smart thing to do and i'm a little bit amazed that they put that they've pulled it off two times in a row quite frankly i don't know them i don't know them that amazed because the thing that really distinguishes the the marvel cinematic franchise is the thoughtfulness that they put into it i I really think Mm -hmm. that's the best word to describe it because the casting always seems really good i mean chris pratt was extremely good in this movie as star lord Mm -hmm. um and, and, you know, the, the Robert Downey Jr. thing with Iron Man, it was like somebody said, oh, yeah, that's really good. And and it seemed like, oh, they just kind of stumbled into that because Robert Downey Jr. really is just like the living version of Tony Stark. <laughs> True. And uh, but but they've they've done well going forward with that as well. It, 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 it wasn't just a one time thing. And I think. You know, Marvel's been really thoughtful about how they put out these characters, not just yeah. in movies, but in other properties that they control as well. Um, but it's know. a but it's a big deal that they even attempted. It was not not even such necessarily a surprise, I guess, that they were technically able to pull it off in a sense, like you're saying that that they've put a lot of care into making these movies. But the very fact that someone would try because that's a huge gamble because if you're making a superhero comic or slash comic book movie, you have, you already have a semi devoted audience. Like you have people that even if it kind of sucks, you're, you, you, you can, you can bank on a certain box office. And, but you know that if you, if you take that and you screw with it too much, you're going to have people that just hate you and want you to die. Yeah. So it takes it takes some serious nuts to even say, okay, you know, we've got we've got all these superheroes, we can make all these movies, but we're going to make we're going to do some things with it you wouldn't expect. Well, I I think what that speaks to is that someone at Marvel is very forward thinking and they're very aware of sort of what the state of Others superhero franchises are because mm-hmm. if you look at even with even within Marvel's own umbrella, although it's not directly controlled by them, yeah, um, like Spider Man, 
um, Batman. I think those are the two worst offenders. Yeah. Of, you know, the superhero movies before that, the only thing that they do is they say, okay, we're going to, we're going to reimagine, you know, Batman. We're going to reimagine Spider-Man. We're going to put a new actor in here, you know, a hot new face to, to fill this role. And we're going to do three movies. And after those three movies, we're going to wait maybe two years. And we're going to do the same damn thing again. <laughs> True. Like we're just going to, we're just going to roll out Superman versus Batman. It's going to be a new f- franchise. And, you know, roll, we've got roll, the roll amazing Spider-Man. Footage. Yeah. It's, it's really. Well, I, but I think, and I think something that's changed now, and this is particularly true of Marvel, is now that Marvel is perhaps, and I could be wrong here, Marvel may very well be the first company with a very direct stake in it versus where in past years, you know, a comic book company, if a, if a movie company wanted to make a comic book movie, they would go buy the rights to the comic book from the comic book company or the rights to, to the license for that. Then, really, I mean, yeah, the comic book, I'm sure the comic book company would like a couple of things, that the movie would do well so that they would come back and make sequels, or that it would boost the sales of, of, of the comic. But this is this may be the first instance where Marvel being owned by Disney actually has a very direct stake in, in these movies being successful. So... I, I don't know if that makes a difference, although I, I have to imagine it would. Dogs? Dogs. dogs. Yes, dogs. Where are you, Chad? Uh, no. In our hearts. Because um, he didn't see these movies. Actually. Oh, true. But, but yeah, this, so I, I, have to fe- I have to think that that has an impact, that now you've got, technically, while it's a different company, it's it, it is a direct, very directly under the same umbrella as the people making the movies. So across the board, you've got people that uh, that want this to succeed, that want all these different branches to succeed, not just, well, we sold our license, we made our money. If something good happens, great. If not, you know, we're still going to be churning out comics. So and maybe, maybe that, maybe that is why you don't see the, just every few years, we're going to completely just restart it versus, okay, we're going to take the time and actually build something and then build upon that and then build upon that to, to really flesh out a universe rather than just scrapping it. You know, every what ends up being five to 10 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think you're, you know, if you keep building superhero movies like superhero movies, then, yeah, you get into that weirdly complex um, parts of these comic book storylines that, you know, people like me who don't read comics look at and go, that's a little much. I mean, it's kind of like, um, you know, like I think all of us played Kingdom Hearts one, but now we look at Kingdom Hearts three and go, yeah, that. I don't know. I, well, I that's don't... probably because of like the 70 inter interceding, you know, that's exactly what I mean though. That That's well, exactly what I mean though. Like it, it eventually develops to a certain point where it just becomes inaccessible for anyone who's kind of outside the bubble. Um, well, I, I think the difference between kingdom hearts and the Marvel movies is 
there's a new Marvel movie literally every nine months or so. I agree. Uh, what I'm saying is there's you know, the Kingdom Hearts stuff. It's like, you know, some of it's on the DS, some of it's on. Yeah. You, know, you know, there's a lot of shit on handhelds. It doesn't I, mean anything. And it's yeah. been 10 years since the last, you know, actual game, you know, numbered game in the series. Well, so what I, what I meant was Marvel has found a way to expand the universe without complicating the universe unnecessarily. Yeah. And that's kind of the joy of, of having all, you know, all these years of comic book stories and stuff to draw on and having the talent and the wherewithal to convert that, you know, into film is that they have enough stories that people are interested in and remember, and that other people will be interested in when it's presented to them that they can have a 15 year plan for all of their franchises and not need to reset one of them. Exactly. True. Um, anyway, um, how are the duck? Um, I want to transition from something, um, that is thoughtful and, uh, you know, very careful of, uh, uh, don't lie to me, man. Thoughtful of the source material to something that's just, just awful. Okay. You don't. Just awful. It, okay. It was fun. It was, it, was, it had it its was, funny moments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's not. Okay. It had okay, ginormous like, plot holes that if you, if it, I don't want to start on because they will just never end. This is this is why I wanted to have this conversation because there is a different type of geek movie now because of Marvel and, and people can can talk about these films seriously and they can talk about them in interesting ways that you couldn't necessarily do or at least people wouldn't take you seriously about it before. And the reason they wouldn't do it is because of movies like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. And it's a kid's movie. Uh, and that's what it is. And that doesn't mean that you can't go watch it and, and have a good time. We had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if if we're just to talk about it in the same context that we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, it's just awful. True. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's... <sighs> Part of the problem is, again, Guardians of the Galaxy is this kind of space movie and, and there's there's an established genre. Ninja Turtles has, from the very beginning, it it appropriates genetics, these all these genetic concepts without understanding it. It appropriates all this, you know, Japanese cultural stuff without understanding it. And so every time you're making a movie out of it, you, you just, like, you start in debt, essentially, because you have to climb yourself out, pull yourself out of just how insane the whole universe is and how it, it doesn't care about how genetics works. It doesn't care about how ninjutsu works because, you know, or Japanese culture works because aren't ninjas and super science cool? So, I mean, it's, it's not all the fault of... Um, this movie, a lot of it is just where you start with the source material. Well, here's the thing, though. You could I'm, turn it into a martial arts movie, or you could turn it into 
a more traditional, you know, superhero action movie. But I don't know that they even know what kind of movie they were trying to make because I think they wanted it to be a comedy. They wanted it to be, you know, like this Transformers summer blockbuster kind of action movie. And they, you know, they kind of want it to be this comic book movie, too. But it's so not they tried any to make, of those things. So basically, they tried to make Guardians of the Galaxy, but failed miserably. Yeah, but again, like, it was it was funny in the sense that it kind of harkened back to um, the original series. And yeah, I could see this working as a cartoon sort of funny. It wasn't like actual, like, it tried to be a more mature form of comedy, but it just got creepy when it did that. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go on record and say this, and, I, and this is somebody who has gone back as an adult and watched some of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons. I think they took that source material more seriously in that '80s cartoon than they did in this movie. <laughs> no question. I, yeah. I, I I can't deny that. Like I, I feel like it was more source I feel, material. Oh, it's certainly goofy, but I feel like it was more grounded in reality. Like that '80s kids show. That goofy-ass 80s kid show is more grounded in reality and took the story and the events surrounding it more seriously than this film ever did. For even It's not just that, I but it, think you're right. it had cases of, you know, the people acted like real people do in the cartoon more often than they did in the movie. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, um, So... I, uh, Okay, so the okay one. Uh, let me go ahead and get one good thing out of the way <laughs> okay. before we before we get to all the bad. I think that by and large, and 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 this will be the trouble talking about this movie is that there has been so many iterations, and everyone you know tweaks it slightly to the point where what's Ninja Turtles for you is probably going to be whatever the first Ninja Turtles you were ever exposed to was. It is the like Mario Zelda. or Zelda. So thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very much a generational thing. So like for me, it was the eighties cartoon or not, or was it late eighties, early nineties, early nineties? Yeah, it was late eighties, early nineties. Okay. Like that, that is my jump off that and the Archie comics, not the original, but the Archie comics. Those are the jumping off points for me. So it's going to be very different. You know, somebody five to 10 years older than me, it's probably going to be like the Eastman and Laird comics. And that's going to be different. And for somebody five or 10 years younger than me, you know, it's going to be more like the live action movies or the, you know, the later, the Fox um, kids. Yes, series. yes, exactly. And then for somebody five or 10 years younger than that, then it's it, gonna be the the Nickelodeon cartoon exactly. Which so, I like. I like the new one from what I've seen I, of it. I haven't watched I nearly too. as much as I would like to. But um, so this is gonna be like this is a tricky thing to discuss anyway, especially when you get into like if if you want to talk about like well you know I didn't like that they did this because this is how it is. You're like well that's how your version is exactly. This may not be this other person's. This the the movie. This movie may actually hold more closely to someone else's true Ninja Turtles. So that's I don't, I don't think this movie holds closely to anyone. Yeah, true. Turtles. Well, but, it, but I think I think well, I, I just want to set up that this is going to be a tough thing to talk about because we could say, well, you know, we don't. I don't like that they did this, and somebody listening could be like, 
what are you talking about? That's that's how I grew up with Ninja Turtles. That, that is how they did it. So th- so I guess I just seriously. So Shredder was like this crazy cyborg thing that shot knives everywhere. Probably not. Okay. But but just in general, like just acknowledging that that this is actually a fairly thorny thing to get into to say you know why you didn't like it. So I, I, I just want to recognize it very 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 quickly. But the thing that. I thought they did well, and this this is why I needed to preface it, is I kind of think they did a pretty good job at least of characterizing um, and differentiating between the turtles. Yes. Uh, I, uh, I do, I do want to go ahead and interject my objection to the clear Raphael bias in this film. There is. There's absolutely a Raphael bias, um, but I didn't did, – did not either the first or second – Live action movie also have a Raphael bias. I think the second well, one kind of did, but this I, one, this one was really like really striking. I'm like, okay, you know, I I know Raphael's good for a few good action scenes because you know he's supposed to be the tough yeah. guy, the fight, you know, the to to use the Powerpuff Girls line, he's he's the toughest fighter. Um, he is he is the uh, the Buttercup of the group. Um, <laughs> well, I, the thing but, is, I I don't think that's why it's it's so heavy Raphael I think it's because of and I, I go ahead and finish because I, yeah, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say exhibit B um generally the turtles are referred to in this order and always in this order is Leonardo Raphael Michelangelo Donatello that is the order and I'm yeah. not making this up this is this has been going on for 30 years um Raphael is listed first in the credits. Really? Like he gets like a, a bit. Yeah, I, I noticed. I'm like, that is weird because I was thinking, man, he got like the big slow mo action scene and everything, like this big, mm. you know, slow motion solo shot and everything. I'm like, that's kind of weird. And then he gets the big speech at the end. And I'm like, oh they, yeah, they, 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 does this guy kind of like not care about the other three turtles? And and then he shows up first in the credits. I'm like, okay, there's some crazy Raphael bias. Johnny Knoxville was Leonardo, which was weird. This had this, and I guess we can get to this in a bit because the some of the the actors this movie had were just it's really kind weird. of bizarre. But no, I think let's just all say Megan Fox is awful and should not be in <laughs> things anymore. She wasn't. She was horrible. She wasn't great. I, I she's she seems to be very divisive for reasons I could speculate on. But being a bad actress, for instance. Is that a divisive issue? She's not. There's lots of bad actors, but she's she's one of those p- actor actresses who's primarily known for being hot or whatever, you know, like. So you have people who are like really into her for that reason. And you have people who are really not. And it a lot of it seems to be just I don't know. Just allow me to say care. this. Uh, Megan Fox may or may not be a bad actress. However, I do not think it is possible to determine it based on the awfulness yes. of this role. Yes, okay. let me let me let me go back and finish what I was going to say about Raphael, and then we can talk about some of the uh, the. I almost want to say guest stars, but you know what I mean, like the yeah. The, by uh, all, the by all means, by all means. I personally, I don't care too much about turtle. Like back when I was back in the eighties, nineties, yes, I was the kid who was like, man, I've got my favorite characters, and if they don't get, you know the respect they deserve, whatever here. I I don't really care. I do think that 
one of the things they did was they took the characters of the turtles from, you know, the cartoons and things like that. And then they, they kind of took them to the extreme. Like Donatello's not just the, um, tech guy. He's a nerd, you know, um, Michelangelo's not just like the surfer dude or whatever. He's, he's like super bro dude and says some really creepy things to Megan Fox's character. Um, you know, Raphael isn't just like the wisecracking sarcastic guy. He's like the bad cop, you know, he's, he's the, he's the, you know, corrupt cop in the, the action movie or something, or he's like the thug guy. Like he's, you know, he wants to get out of, of the group and there's that tension and he finally does. And his character development is finding out that, you know, like he actually, the reasons he were, he was wanting to get out were invalid and he really like, he belongs with the turtles. Leonardo is the leader. He's the one who's, you know, in this, he is dressed up like a samurai. Like he takes it super seriously. So I think a a lot of what's happening there, the reason is the Roth bias is because one, there's more, they can do like there's more dynamic. Um, they can do more dynamic things with the way he relates to the turtles, but also just because everyone, all the characters are kind of extreme versions of previous incarnations. They're definitely doing their uh, own thing. I don't know that they're too extreme from, from earlier presentations though. Um, well, I think in a couple of cases, like the, the Michelangelo bro dude is, is a clear indication, you know, Donatello even has like glasses with tape on them. That's, that's a whole other issue as to whoever is the character designer for this film should be murdered in the streets. Hey, it wasn't. I, I, okay. That's, that's some poor taste, but it was, it it was poor. I don't see. Here's the thing though. I did actually like, generally the design of the turtles in that like i i i liked for one thing that they actually differentiate them because you know as you recall from like especially like the the first cartoon and the live action movies the turtles were pretty much if if you took their their belts or masks off you wouldn't know who was who you know if you had them in a lineup this one actually this movie went very much the route of the more recent cartoon in making like you know Raphael and and Michelangelo much shorter, like Leonardo was the only one that really sort of fit the mold of sort of what probably people remember the turtles looking like. Um, he's more like middle of the road in every way, which I think works for him. Um, I think that's good for Leonardo. But then they made like Donatello noticeably thinner and much taller. Um, Raphael noticeably like bulkier and shorter and Michelangelo shorter. I, I mean, I think I actually did like that, that I think it, it helps give them a little more personality. Um, so I didn't have a problem with that. Now, other character design elements I did, I didn't necessarily have a problem with Splinter. It wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. I thought the overuse of like the tail thing just made him creepier than... See, I, I don't know. Past. Like he had the staff, he had the little shillelagh thing like that. Stick to that. That. I, so, I don't know, man. You give somebody a weapon. I you kind of expect them to use it. So, so, 
Splinter, while we're on the subject, um, and this film is not uh, Hamato Yoshi. He is not a uh, a a former ninja who has been uh, mutated into this rat and lives in you know the series. Yeah. Universe. And this is and this he is, is where we... good. Uh, I was just gonna say this is this is where things go off the rails a little bit. Um, you know, he's just a mute, a genetically altered yeah. rat that's always been New York City, but somehow has a Japanese accent. And well, yes and no. He has a Tony Shalhoub accent, which at times bordered on Italian. If I if I'm honest, <laughs> I, I kind of thought honestly that is true. But um, but now and this goes back to the depends on which turtles you grew up with. Like for me. Splinter, like I, I hate that he was a rat starting out. In in my mind, he's always Hamato Yoshi. Um, but at the same time, you know, especially if if your point of reference were like it was like the original um, live action movie, in that one, Splinter was a rat. He was the pet of Hamato Yoshi, which still made more sense than this version. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Where and yeah. This, that's why I say, like, because I can say, I will say, like, you know, I don't like that it veered this way, but then for somebody else, they may be like, well, wait, that's how I remember it. But no, I am with you 100%. For me, it's he is Hamato Yoshi. I, I did not like that, that they made him a rat. I think there are a million ways they could have gone with it that, um, where they could have made him Hamato Yoshi. I don't know. I don't know why they chose to do it the way they did, which of course necessitates if he was just a rat, you have to explain, well, how did he learn ninjutsu? If you recall the original live action movie, well, if you recall the original live action movie, equally implausible was that you have a rat in a cage watching Hamato Yoshi uh, practice ninjutsu and the rat is copying his moves. Well, okay. It's again, like I said, the whole premise is implausible to start out with, but I think, I think, the difficulty you have here is that if he's learning at the exact same time as the turtles, like it kind of takes the what takes away from that dynamic of Splinter as the father figure. Yes. If he is not, if if he well, and if has you notice, the exact hold on, if he has the exact same connection to Shredder as the turtles do, because they were all in the lab, then it takes away that dynamic of this rivalry. So I think it kind of like it sucks so much out of of what they could have done with it. Sorry. Yeah, if you want to if you want to see a uh, if you let's just let's just say if you want to see a better movie about genetically altered rats, watch The Secret of Nim. And yeah. And and you will be treated to to a much better story that makes much better sense with regard to genetically altered rats. That said, um the I don't know, the 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 whole I, I, but I, I, I agree with you completely um, that it does take it away. And, and if you'll notice, and this became to me, this was this was actually like very noticeable that only maybe once or twice does Splinter ever call the turtles his sons. He almost always refers to them as the brothers. In and, this or in yeah in this. yeah in, in in that film, which to me was really striking, maybe because stuff that I've watched, like I think the more recent uh, cartoon in particular, Splinter overwhelmingly refers to the turtles as his sons. I felt like he, I, 
So it sounds I, like he re- used the term son more than I remember. And in, and may have, but I don't know. I but I, I think that goes in line with what you were saying that you know this isn't. It's harder for Splinter to be the sort of wise father figure sort of character that that sort of ties in. Well, why is all this other stuff happening? What about you know how do they know Shredder? By by having and and you know that he knew ninjutsu and then taught the turtles, um, all that stuff. When you have to compress it into well, how do we do this? Because they were in the lab at the same time, and the, and it was almost more like he was teaching as he was learning. I think that that little word or that that alter using the word brothers, calling them brothers instead of sons to me sort of exemplified what exactly you were talking about. Yeah, I, I can see that. It just, the times when he, he was set up as the father figure, it just felt kind of really weird. Like, but why he's not that much different, you know, I don't so, know. Uh, this, this leads into another problem that I have with this film, which is- I literally, okay. To steal a joke from one of the commercials before the movie, I have a better understanding of the JFK assassination than I do of why Shredder is in this movie. Uh, yes, they really do. No, they really give you no. Uh, okay, anything having to do with Shredder in this movie, it pretty much anything felt like a sequel rather than the start of a franchise. Yes. Everything because like the first time you never see Shredder's original armor. You just have a guy say, "We've upgraded your original armor." Well, I would have liked to have seen what the original armor looked like, not Shredder Iron Man. Yeah, I, I mean, it kind of. And I, really, I, the whole purpose for that freaking suit of of Iron Man armor really boils down to it's Michael Bay, and he wants things to explode and shoot at people, and that that really is, I'm pretty sure, the whole. The only other reason is to make up for the fact, because I I can't imagine they either started with, I want a mechanical shredder or I want the turtles to have super strength. And by making one of those decisions, they had to make the other. Well, the turtles always had super strength. I'm not so bothered by the armor. On on whether or not they had super strength. They may have like pretty sure they picked up the the turtle van in the 80s cartoon. Maybe. I don't know. My my. I, I don't care, you know, like putting Shredder in armor, it kind of raises the stakes, whatever it Unnecessarily. is. Unnecessarily. But I think the, the problem with, with Shredder is they kept trying to tie the turtles back to April, the origin of the turtles and mutagen back to April. They connected all that together. Mm-hmm. And because they connected all that together, then they had really no room for Shredder. Yeah. yeah. Shredder, um, well, Shredder could have been filled by any random villain. Exactly. Well, Shredder and the Foot Clan both had all this pre-existing history yeah. that they assume they assume you know because they know that they know that they know why you're in that that theater. Yeah. Well, they know the you're Foot watching weren't even ninjas because- for God's sake. They were ter- they were cobra. They were terrorists spent on world domination. They were not ninjas. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, it may as well have been a weather dominator they're using instead of really. But uh, the problem is they didn't focus on that because the real bad guy, quote unquote, was not the Foot Clan at all. No, and so it, they kind of got but, second billing. But again, I'm unclear as to why Shredder is there at all. 
Yeah. Because it actually has to be for this to be a Ninja Turtles movie. I don't know. I mean, they because they really they they put way more effort into that, tying you, the 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 corporation the CEO guy to Shredder than they did know, anything else. They still just made Shredder the CEO guy or vice yes. versa. Yes, like exactly. You may as well have just done that since you're screwing with everything anyway, because you basically taken one character and turned him into two, and the one character that is completely uh, extraneous is the main villain of that franchise. You do yes. not need Shredder in that movie. You could just nope. put you know slick back hair, what's his face, into that suit of armor, and it would have been. You know, in terms of just emotional invest- investment, more meaningful because this is the guy that's been causing all the problems in the first place. Yep. Yeah, I don't, yep. you know, there's a there's an obvious history between Shredder and the Turtles that they explain none of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, like, like there's there's an animosity that is completely hollow. Yeah. Um, other than I've seen the show, you've seen the show, you know they don't get along. Well, yeah. Again, like with this movie, there are just so many of those plot holes where it's like they could have fill, filled this in if they just made this slight decision, you yeah. know, that has nothing to do with staying true to the original show or not. It's just a bad, you know, decision to make in story writing in general. I mean, and we can go into the whole. OK, so first off, you've got. By the time you hit present day, apparently the Foot Clan has been terrorizing New York for 15 years. As Japanese gangs do. And I mean, yet, we all know that that's a thing that happens in American well, cities obviously, on the East Coast. You know. but, but, and, and, you mean me, and you mean to tell me that the governor has never called in the National Guard, the president has never sent the army in to defeat this, this band of, of terrorists with assault rifles and masks who are killing people in New York. So, okay, let's buy that for a second. They'd never Thanks, done Obama. anything oh. truly scary until, uh, you know, two except, minutes after they got the mutagen and then decided to kick their uh, well, plan into action. Except for pretty much everything they've done for 15 years, terrorizing the city that they set well, up. Well, yeah, but I mean, that was low-level anyway. crime. My point is, it got bad but, two minutes after they got the mutagen, which they weren't even prepared to use. But who cares? Uh, let's just go with it. But that aside, that aside, then you've got um, so you've got the Foot Clan for 15 years have been terrorizing the city, and yet, and yet, Shredder makes this comment about how he wants the Foot Clan to be known and not just like thought of as a, as folklore and myth, and they never really existed, even though all this other stuff has happened. For even, even though there are newsrooms dedicated to Foot Clan yeah. stories. Apparently, here's the thing. Shredder doesn't have a television, obviously. He does. Or the internet. explains it, so he doesn't know that everybody knows. So there's, okay, fine, fine. Now we've solved one problem. Let's go ahead and solve Michael Bay's other problems. Um, <laughs> it's too deep. So it many. goes too deep, man. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to drive myself. Well, I didn't want to get started, because if I get started, I will never stop. But, and then you've also got Shredder talking about how he wants to do all this to, you know, regain honor. And you're like, why? How did, okay, Shredder. How did you lose your me? honor? Yeah. What, what happened to the Foot Clan? How did they fall? Oh, perhaps you, if, if you'd had a rival who had taken you down. And, yeah. You but know. no, no movie. You're not going to tell us why. So basically, I guess what we're left with is Shredder has absolutely no motivation 
or we we know of no motivation for Shredder to do anything that he is doing. So that's that's a thing. Um, so, so yeah, I, I mean, it all goes back to like, it really, it almost feels like they had the movie and then decided to turn a villain into Shredder who wasn't Shredder to begin with. Yes. There's actually a lot about this movie that feels like they came back and like they cast or whatever around some other concept and then they went back and changed it. Oh, but okay. Am I, am I wrong in recalling? That Shredder actually says some some variation of "Tonight I Dine on Turtle Soup." He did. He did. Awesome. There were there were a lot of little Easter eggs like that. That was Uh, I I found that gratifying, and that's probably the only thing about Shredder I found gratifying. You know what? Shredder was more of a badass before he put the armor on. True. It just Um, there. There is a nod somewhere in there um, when they were talking about. uh, I think it was after the turtles got captured. And the CEO guy was like, yeah, uh, and to think we almost uh, we almost used rabbits, you know, which was a, a sell nod to uh, Usagi Ojembo. I did appreciate that, too. And um, oh, oh, man. And, and going to his plan. Um, nope. that's I've seen so many reviews about that. Nope, it's you cannot you cannot you cannot put it together. It's OK. It's, <laughs> well, OK. Answer me this. Answer me this, because I'm trying to figure this this part out. Um, no, let me backpedal because we need to start with the fact that after, after they do defeat the turtles, they're going to get, they, because they want the mutagen, which is in their blood. Fine. And yet, oh, Splinter and Raphael are dead. Let's not take the bodies back because dead bodies don't have blood in them. I mean, everybody (laughs) knows this. So we're going to, we're going to leave the obviously dead characters with all their blood. Because yeah, you know it, that we that, we don't know. Whoa, whoa, whoa! But if they didn't do that, how could it turn out that those characters were not dead? And then how could they turn out to save the other turtles? Who who knows? Probably April O'Neil clomping through a subway noisily somehow would have saved it. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about her. Yes, oh. I'm I'm the sneakiest reporter. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hide behind this this steel beam, which is more narrow than I am, so we have to do some fancy camera work to make me look thinner. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Um, but anyway, I so- think there's the worst the, she's not a good journalist oh, anyway. wait 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 just just, just 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 hold that thought hold that okay. thought because that because i want to bring that up later anyway charlie the plan the plan okay so and and let us not let's let us not forget that he was like okay let's drain the turtles dry i don't care if it kills them um first off probably because they forgot all the blood in those other two guys but also would you not I don't know because the because a body produces more blood should some be removed from it. Would you not take some blood but leave some blood so that they'll be alive and make more blood, which you can then take for an almost unlimited supply of mutagen? Let's let's not consider that for a second. But we're, but we're in a hurry because um, you know those those turtle you know the other turtle and the rat that's dead we know that they're coming to save the others. <laughs> yes. That's the only well, possible- Hold on though Charlie. Look at it this way. This is a kids movie. It do you, do you expect it to understand yes. the complex difference between having an experimental uh medical uh treatment 
and actually being able to mass produce said medical treatment. Sir, sir, I think you are mistaking children's movie for movie made by children. Uh, also, Adults also made this movie. <laughs> also, also, thank God that those machines were hooked up to adrenaline. Well, yeah. yes, I don't even know why you would do that. Because they wanted to <laughs> them until they died. So adrenaline is a thing you give them. I don't know. But, okay, so this guy's plan, because I am a bit fuzzy on this, was the plan to either A, release, <laughs> a, release the toxin and then basically hold the city hostage with the mutagen being the antidote. And in return, either the city gives you all the money or you become gods of the city. I don't know. Or B, you release the toxin, people get sick, your company uh, is able to come up with an antidote that then you then you sell as medicine and make a bajillion dollars that way. I think it's the and latter. The an- okay. No, the answer depends on the scene. That is true. Okay. It's kind of because- like that one scene in Sharknado where they tie the two scripts together, like, you know... It's because I did have a, a certain sense of, okay, I don't know if the bad guys know what their plan is anymore. They did. Again, they, they were waiting 10 years on this mutagen and instead of getting it in place and making sure everything was ready before kicking off the plan, they kicked off the plan and just assumed that, you know, it'll all go fine. Well, and instead of, uh, like, I don't know, you could release this toxin into, say, the subway system. It's not like a lot of people in New York have to take mass transit. Instead, we are going to tie a huge canister of it to the top of the building that everybody knows we own. And, oh, by the way, it's a really dark, it's this really vibrant red mist. And, oh, by the way, because some stuff fell off the building, now everybody's looking up. I, I get the feeling at some the the, the 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 there was a sense of oh you know what we don't know what the plan is anymore. Um, it looks like everybody's going to know that we poisoned the city. Could this piss some people off? I, I don't know. But we, you know what? You know what? We wrote this business plan twenty years ago as a five year plan. We're way behind schedule. We need to get this shit done. Get it on the market. Yes. I, okay, um, I just want to see if, if anybody else had a sense of what they were actually what the bad guys nope. were actually trying no, to do. Not a fucking clue. The, the bad guys were there to be the foil for the turtles. Okay. Make Good. the turtles so, do stuff. So guys, let me ask you another question. Um Please just, more. Uh, let me pose a hypothetical, okay? Okay. Say that one of you could be either. Doesn't matter. Could be both. Probably come me. to me with a claim that, you know, I've known you for years. I love you. I trust you with my life. Oh. Um, but you come to me with a claim that I find difficult to believe. Something that, that really goes against my own sense of reality and what I believe to be true about the world. Okay? <laughs> so I say, well, Charlie or Dylan, you know, here's the thing. If it were anybody else, you know, I'd... I'd say that you're bullshitting me but i can tell you know that you're serious about this but you know i have to be honest with you you're gonna have to come back with me with with you know some sort of you know with with some sort of proof before i can before i can discuss this any further would you a (laughs) um go out and find hard evidence b 
give up, or C, make the same dumb fucking mistake. Um, because um, if if you if you're investigative reporter April O'Neil, you choose C every time. I would is, forget I, that I had a video that I showed some guy I barely know knew ten year ten minutes later. Yeah, uh, it's, not only it's, that, not only would I find the video, I'd find a video that would ostensibly at least prove a portion yeah. of my claim and would therefore value, you know, therefore merit further consideration uh, you know, on a preliminary basis and just forget to queue up that particular moment. Let's, That's not yeah, even that. Think, like she doesn't even show her boss the Yeah, yeah, I no, think it's I think it's fair to ask this question is if you have a somewhat crazy claim to make and you have while sketchy some proof, let's say I don't know, a a a slightly grainy photograph of of some possibly 6 foot tall turtles jumping into the distance and you need to relay this information to someone, what do you lead with? Crazy claim or proof? Crazy claim or proof? She didn't even show the photograph. Wait a minute. I'm April O'Neil. Crazy claim. Crazy claim. Doubling down. Because that is what she did. She's like, you know what? I have a photo, but I, but I feel so strongly about this. That I don't need it. Like, like, uh, like Mulder and the X Files. Whoopi Goldberg was ready to believe, but you know, just th- there's nothing to believe there. Yeah, it was. Oh, she is the worst journalist in the world. April O'Neil is just. Thank God, Whoopi Goldberg had the sense to fire her because she is the worst journalist. Yeah, she she is possibly possibly worse than Kurt Cameron in The End of Days. Yes, it's almost a certitude <laughs> that she is worse. Like it's it's April O'Neil in post rapture Kirk Cameron, and in then, a room, no matter who comes out alive, everybody not reporting, just always on the phone. This <laughs> it was it was a pain. It was it was painful to watch April O'Neil do her job. It was painful to watch her. <laughs> Listen, because you're like I please let me into the movie. I could do your job better. Listen, listen. We we fall under the category of new media, and I don't even think any of us would consider ourselves journalists. But by God, we are Ted fucking Koppel compared to April O'Neil. Okay, fact. Yes, that, that is a fact that you can that we we've sourced it. Yeah. Okay. Hold on, though. She really, if you think about it, she really is like the millennial um, idea of aspiring to something. She um, crappy, she, but she's she's placed. She's placed in a uh, admittedly crappy but stepping stone job. She's convinced she could do better. So instead of doing the crappy but stepping stone job, um, she uh, she decides she's entitled to be this great reporter. She doesn't actually have to be this great reporter. She just have to has to believe that she's capable of great things. She doesn't so the, actually have to work towards it. So the best thing this movie did was prove her wrong. I'm saying, yeah, yeah like, if you wanted a little, a slight, slightly, oh, I shouldn't say. One of the best, like, so one of the best things, one of the best lessons the movie could teach you is no. Everything you just said, no. 
I, I I agree with you completely. That actually is a hidden gem in that movie. Is is watch someone who feels entitled to something she is not competent to achieve fail yeah. and and not attempt to attain the level of of competence she needs to attain it achieve. Oh, and then ah man, the whole then the whole tie in trying to tie April into the turtles just felt so strained it's the thing that every movie does these days so what? but they didn't have to they there didn't was, have to because yes. the whole point the whole point for april o'neill is that at least in this in this instance is you know she's i, I always felt she was to be more of like the everyman character like she's been yes. human you're supposed to be you're supposed yeah, she to is be, she is the lens through which the viewer exactly takes the event. If so she had not, and if they had not tied it into her, then they would have had all these extra story plot points that they could have used to tie it into. Wait for it, Shredder. Exactly. So you, I feel like I'm just making you angry right now. Which basically eating your rage. So, no, it's just that she can't be the everyman if, oh, by the way, she's the reason they love pizza. Oh, by the way, she's the reason they're alive. I, and Mike totally wants to, uh, yeah. You know what? I don't actually have a problem with that. If you're, uh, if you're wrong with interspecies relationships, that is uh, your that, that it's a little bit vaguely, creepy. I was about to say, as a vaguely incestual context, if you look at April as their mother. True. But whatever, uh, it's fine. I'm but cool with sister it. or whatever. Yeah, it's it big in Japan right now. Creepy. But yeah, and I'm okay generally with, with the way they characterize Michelangelo on that because he is goofy as hell. And let's like face I said, it, they turned him into a bro dude. They took but, it to the extreme. But what choice did you have? Because in, in the in the late eighties, early nineties, surfer dude is still kind of a thing. It's it's still it, it's still something you can reference culturally. Yes, that is much more difficult today. The evolution of that is the sort of more bro dude. But bro dudes are more terrible. But you know what? He's a I don't know. I'm just feeding than most bro dudes. Anyway, that is that is we have talked about that. Getting back getting back to how horrible everything else is. <laughs> um, we, oh Lord, how about the fact that. Okay, the mutagen is, they're going to use it as an antidote to this toxin. However, animal testing showed it turned them into monsters. So we're going to assume that it it's worked. not going to turn the people. It, you were going to assume that if it turned animals into monsters, it worked it, on people. It, well, it doesn't, but, it, but it's just no, that's science. That's medicine. That's how science and medicine work, Charlie. How science and medicine work. They're assuming if mutagen turns animals into monsters, it turns humans into healthy humans. That's logical. Um, and also, it, it, it turns humans into the Seattle Seahawks. I'm here's sorry, the continue. thing. Here's the and, thing. They expected it to do something. It did something. Therefore, it works. So they were just a little iffy on what it needed to do. Because yeah. the other thing is, okay, the, the lab... It's either going to do nothing or what they intend it to do. The, That's the, how well, science works, Charlie. So the, I, I so can't the believe lab, you don't know this. So the lab got destroyed. And being the late 90s, none of the information, research data was saved on computers. Fine. It was all in paper. It got burned. So they've had... Except so they for a box of it. Which somehow April got... Okay. Never explains how. Um... Furthermore, she's a better she is a better journalist as a child than she was as an adult. Um, see that that entitlement meant she never actually tried to get better at her job. Exactly. Anyway, um, 
So they've basically not had the mutagen for 15 years, give or take. They obviously only got as far as the human te- or the, the animal testing stage. Um, now we're extracting mutagen from this from the turtle's blood. Could the mutagen have changed in 15 years, living inside, being inside living things? No. Substances you know don't what? change if you don't want them to, Charlie. I can't True. believe you don't know science. And because we know they were, it works on animals in one in in way X. We can then assume it works on people in way in 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 method Y. <laughs> so now let's not. You know what? We're on a timetable now. We've waited. Here's the thing: they've waited 15 years, and as soon as they know the turtles exist, fuck it, we're gonna let go with this toxin, whether we have mutagen or not. We're on the clock, fellas. Um, <laughs> So, get some results. Yeah, so we are. I, I don't know if I don't know if their yearly bonuses were riding on this, and it showed them as being really inefficient because it took 15 years longer than expected. They're, they they're going up on to, the end of the financial of the uh, fiscal year, and they need it. To, must be because God help them. Could they not have have waited like a few months to do? Listen, they they had investors thing. breathing down their neck about this. Obviously. I mean, it was, they were really ready to do this regardless of whether or not they even got mutagen, I think, let alone have enough to do anything with it, let alone test it to make sure it actually did what they just assumed it would do. I, I, that part to me was just incredible. Thanks, Obama. Uh, Thanks. So I mean, that's but, what it was. It was a, it was Obamacare that you know they they were trying to get under you know the uh, the employee number there and and you know they only had so many people on staff so they had to act right then because you know, tell they, me, I mean I mean tell me tell me they couldn't have without actually really changing any major point of the movie tell me that they couldn't have instead of what they did say let's say shredder and and slick back hair dude they're gonna take i don't know a couple months whatever name an amount of time to turn the mutagen into a medicine that they know will actually do what it's supposed to do and not turn people into grotesque monsters as we all know it really does um and that during that time what would happen is that rather than needing the mutagen to somehow make Splinter not dead or whatever it is the hell they ended up doing, um, maybe Splinter and Raphael are both just badly injured. And maybe there's a training montage and Splinter has to teach Raphael some really cool new moves so that Raphael can then go save the other turtles. Tell me that that wouldn't have actually structurally altered the movie all that much. I'll give you two reasons why that one, the time skip would have been a little bit jarring and we would be griping about the time skip. There are probably whoa, ways whoa, they can write it out. So, so not counting the 15 year time skip, not counting the, the 15 year time skip. Oh, okay, we've, we've been griping about that too. So, so the problem I, is again, two time skips are too much Two, I think that's just the way movies are like mar- movies are these days just because the only way to create tension is to ratchet up time frames to unreasonable limits. Okay, look look at the Lord of the Rings movies, even the original Lord of the Rings movies. If you go back and look at the original books, you know, the different characters end up spending weeks and months at different waypoints along the journey. The movie turns it into matters of days and weeks. 
And that's because I think if you tried to give that sort of time skip where, uh, or that, that sort of uh, time frame to a modern viewer who doesn't really quite understand, you know, all the different things that are going on in the movie and all the different concepts and just thinks you can, you know, plug in a tape and learn Kung Fu, like in the matrix or something like time skips seem weird. They seem like a reduction of tension rather than a storytelling element. So I think there's, there's almost a bias against giving any sort of, um, space, even where it's absolutely necessary to make the story make sense. Except for the time skip they already did. Except for the time skip they already did, because duh, the, the turtles have to be teenagers. And and we didn't even touch on the whole the the origin story for the mutagen itself was was radically different than anything I'm familiar with. I think with. what bothered me is I couldn't tell if that story was the supposed to be metaphorical or if it was supposed to be literal. Which one? The, the story about like the uh, alchemist in ancient Japan, like we, I couldn't tell if the guy was saying we want to discover something that is like this or if he was saying, no, this thing was actually magic, in which case alchemist in ancient Japan, super science. What the hell? No, I, I don't even know. Go away. But, then, but then the whole like turning it into essentially, I still think the the trailer is pretty close because I love the trailer always kept, made it come across as a super soldier serum. Yeah, and I, and I really think that is still essentially what it was. Versus, I I am much more comfortable with it being industrial waste that was just lazily discarded. It it, it I always thought it made more sense, especially when you think of, of of the time period that the Ninja Turtles come out of, and you're talking about like New York City in the '80s and early '90s, like before it gets cleaned up, before like Times Square gets cleaned up. Like there's a, there, there is always, and they live in a sewer. Like there's always that that sort of omnipresent sense of urban decay and filthiness. Well, and also this is the time period that also produced Captain Planet. True. So I, so I always thought like the industrial waste thing, like just makes more sense for a lot of what else the property revolves around. Yeah. So this this change, to me, was just. I mean, I guess for what they wanted to do, it needed to be that. I, I get that part, I guess. But just, yeah. just why? I don't just, know. Just why? What else did we hate about this thing? Everything. I, but, uh, the, yeah. Go ahead, I was going to say, I guess I could go into the fact that uh, if you pick up a... Because uh, I think I mentioned this to you, John. If you pick up a book about ninjutsu you will, of course, develop a Japanese accent. Just like yes. if you pick up a book about winemaking, you'll, uh, you'll develop a French accent. And, um, you know, it's not just the accent. It's, it's the worst stereotypical characteristics. So, well, uh, unless your accent becomes Italian. Um, if you pick up a book about winemaking, you'll, you'll, you'll become, you'll gain a French accent and you'll run away from everything. If you, uh, you know, pick up a book on communism, you'll gain a Russian accent. You know, if you pick up a book on baseball, you will of course love guns and get <laughs> fat, you know, like, <laughs> wow. You, you know, what is, 
you know, like I'm not no. saying it's racist. I'm not saying that, it's it's, that, it's just kind of stupid. You know what? That's a super fair point. But and, and more books, point, motherfucker. It's like if you were gonna if you were gonna give Splinter whether or not it's stereotypical. If you're gonna give him an Asian or Japanese accent, you couldn't tell me there's not a a a voice actor of Asian descent that that could have performed that role and, and maybe, maybe been a little, a little more authentic sounding. You're telling me, you're telling me everybody else was busy. Tommy Shalhoub was the only guy that was free. I mean, you know, on a weekend, is that, is that what happened? I mean, you're telling me that you couldn't get, I don't know, Ken Watanabe or, uh, hell George Takai. You're telling me George Takai was busy. I mean, yeah, he's busy. He's got a lot of pictures to post on Facebook, Charlie. Yeah, but you're telling me he couldn't do that while voice acting because he's obviously done it in the past. I just, and and I love Tony Shalhoub. I do. I really, really like him. Um, He, he's, he's a very good actor. I, I just don't, I think they probably could have, done better um for that particular character yeah well a lot of the casting was kind of weird like that um like i said they cast will arnett and it's it's almost like they wanted they were envisioning like the vernon from the tv show who's kind of he's much smarmier and you know wouldn't have had any interest in april at all and you're just like yeah just go in there and be joe bluth you know, just just do that shtick again. And it seems like they dialed a lot of the humor back from the non-turtle characters. Yeah, it's a good choice. So he was just stuck being weird and awkward until like he actually has to, you know, interact with the turtles and then. <clears throat> and then I don't know, like the in every sense, I think the 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 final boss fight, whether it be with the <clears throat> CEO dude, with, with Captain Slickback, or with Shredder, was just it was just <laughs> poor. Like I, I and I don't know how they could have done it different, except anyway, and it would have been better. Okay, look um, at this though; it would make sense if you were watching an episode, a thirty-minute episode of, um of the eighties cartoon, Mm -hmm. this would be totally cool. You would be totally ready to accept that. I no, I would have expected captain slick back to get mutagen on him and turn into a monster that they would then have to fight. Okay. That is is true. Like I, and you know what? I was waiting for it. I kept waiting for it. I was like, okay, there's a gun. Something is going to happen. Mutagen's going to get on him. They're going to find out. Oh, it, Maybe maybe this is the proof they should have done some, you know, human testing, something. You know, it's going to turn him into a monster, and that'll be who they have to fight, and the Shredder will just kind of get away. Um, instead of the Shredder falling a million stories from the sky and somehow surviving. And getting a little bit of mut- mutagen on him, so... So you have to assume, well, what the fuck can you even assume at this point? That always got the mutagen... there's going to be another movie. Well, that, but yeah. I mean, do you assume that, okay, he used the, you know, touching the mutagen rather than being injected like the turtles and splinter were, 
was enough to basically give him some super strength and healing properties. You know, it saves him the way it saved Splinter. It's, it's would, would save Splinter, or but Splinter didn't already have mutagen in his body. Oh, exactly. Or are you to assume that the the suit saved him, and what he had on his fingers was basically, you know, a, enough of a sample that they could reverse engineer or analyze and then synthesize more mutagen. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know what you're supposed to assume is going to happen next. It could just be shredder's gone and we crangs the bad guy in the next movie or something. You know, the, I'm not, I'm not so bothered by that, but here, here's the thing though about mutagen. Mutagen is the MacGuffin. Not even the MacGuffin. Mutagen is the, the plot device that does whatever the plot needs it to do. Like it's not, you know, it, it's not going to have consistent rules because it has never had consistent rules, but they were really trying to make it fit that because it, it let's, let's be honest when it it has to, because movies, you know, super serious as opposed to, well, but when it was like the, when it was like the industrial waste product, I mean, it was, it, you could always at least assume it was going to be unpredictable. You know, that's sort of in its nature. This thing was actually designed to do one thing and apparently doesn't even do that very well <laughs> because it ends up instead of, instead of healing things, turning them into giant monsters, It whatever it's again, it's, it's the, the, the plot device. I, just, I don't know. Well, but I guess the, the more recent cartoon kind of screws with the Mugen as well by making it a product of the Krang rather than, again, the industrial waste stuff. But, yeah, again, I mean, I guess with, it depends on what you grew. What, it depends on what your point of reference for Ninja Turtles is. And any of this crap that I'm railing against could have actually been in the original comics, and I wouldn't know shit about it. Yeah, so, and that's... There might be somebody who's like 40 listening and go, what the hell? They did it all. They did it all right, except for the goofiness. It should have been super serious and in black and white, like Sin City. Just saying. Oh. So yeah. What was there anything else that we that we thought was retarded about this movie? Everything, but I think we spent way too much time on this movie. It wasn't. It wasn't horrible. It was just. It you just was. Had to ignore stuff. You just. You have to like once you it was get a kid, several, it was a kids movie. That's what it yeah, was. A movie it made by kids, not a movie for kids. Like once you yeah. get several layers deep into plot holes, you just have to like stop and go, okay, like I'm not going to be able to think because I'm just going to be like yeah. trying to process all this. Just ignore it. Stuff happens that makes the turtles do stuff. Turtles make wise cracks. That's what here's, I want. Go. Here's the thing too. And you know, if if all we were if all we were mad about, I'm not even mad. About, shut up! Shut up! You, you're if mad. All, if all we were annoyed about, mad about what what have you, whatever negative emotion you want to plug into that, if it were just about like, if it were just about characterization, if it were just about you know the origin story, if it were, I mean, if it's you know stuff like, well, you know, for me, the Ninja Turtles is this. Then you could be forgiven for writing off anything we say as oh nerd rage, okay fine nerd rage. I don't I don't I I really don't have to pay a, you know if they don't like it that's fine. 
I'm I was I was never super into the the Ninja Turtles, so I will probably enjoy this movie. If, if you know, so if that's all it was, then then you could probably I think write us off and, and forgive it, be forgiven for doing so. But <laughs> but really, like the origin story stuff, the characterization that we didn't like is really just icing on a crap cake. That that is the incomprehensibly stupid plot like this is just a this really is just a bad movie like if you know nothing about ninja turtles and go into this movie you are going to think this is a bad movie you may not think it's as bad as as particularly john or i think it is i don't know i think i think you'll be confused as shit if you don't know anything about the ninja turtles you'll be like what the fuck's going on let's let's put this like if you are not there to see ninja turtles if you are there to see a story if you're not there to see the ninja turtles be the ninja turtles you will not like it like well and like the fact you'll be confused you may be confused for instance how the turtles and splinter know who shredder is So I guess you've had to assume that Captain Slickback, um, a CEO named Slickback. um, (laughs) You gotta say the whole thing. It's like a tribe called Quest. Unless you assume that at some point he took Shredder on a tour of the lab. I mean, I forgot about that plot hole that, that somehow Splinter knows, but it's never explained how he knows. Anyway, yeah, it is. You will be confused. And so if, if you are, let's say, under 13, there's at least a decent chance that 15 years from now, you'll be like, yeah, I remember that being an okay movie. It's also because you've not watched it since you were 12 or under. If you've rewatched it, you will realize it, it, it is like watching, going back and watching anything from your childhood, probably, in that it is much more awful than you recall. Um. But yeah, put this circle in a time of life, capsule. We're gonna put this in a time capsule and play it to some thirty-year-olds, you know, in uh, in twenty-five years or something like this that. This will be the rerun. This will be the rerun that we play. Yeah, fifteen years from now. So let's yeah. let's mark our calendars. Twenty twenty-nine. We will be eight 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 twenty-eight twenty twenty-nine. We will be we will be reaching into the chainsaw buffet vault. Why you guys why you guys gonna have to make sure to pull this up on the site because I'm I'm gonna be dead by then. But. We'll all be dead. We'll have to we'll have to just program it to do so. Um I don't know. Maybe they'll come out with mutagen and we'll live for another, you know, twenty or thirty years. Possibly as monsters. Possibly well, we as, as just really healthy humans. I, I've been I've been living the past thirty two years as a monster, so so for Should some of fine. us, all of us, maybe it won't be that much of a change. Um, so yeah, just a bad. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, uh, and, and you know, as much as we've talked crap about this movie, I still feel somewhere deep down that we've probably missed some stuff that should be talked about. I don't know what it is, but there's just, have. So, there's so much bad that unless you want to comment on it, I mean, it really requires watching and recording as we watch. But oh, yeah, I remember that bad thing. So we can handle it all in chronological order. We need, we need like a telestrator. So yes. we can sort of play by play. Like I said, though, it's, it's like, it's, it's never ending. It, it is a level of fractal compl- or a level of infinite complexity. Like the farther down you go, it's just, it's, it's turtles all the way down. 
It is. And I am and I'm ashamed I gave Michael Bay any of my money. You know what? Uh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna would, happen again. It's inevitable. I would really like to see him stop making movies and maybe shoot Megan Fox in the face. <laughs> Not kill her, but just ruin her face enough that people stop hiring her just because she's pretty. Okay. Is that wrong of me? Yes. It probably is. I take it back. I don't want to be right. I don't think I'm going to be able to convince you otherwise, so sure, whatever. Just such a bad movie. Please don't see it. If you have to if you have to see the movie, please pirate it. I know our our normal stance is is very anti-piracy. We're going to we're going to give you one. This is the one you get from us. This is this is not I, an exception. This is a moral stance. Pirate this movie, which I'm pretty sure you can do because someone in front of us was recording yes. it. Um, so go I find really? theirs. Yeah. I didn't catch it either. It was John that actually, I think saw them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, somebody in the, in the first few rows was, which I still don't understand the point because the only reason you would record it is because you or someone else intends to watch that recording. That being said, I really don't want to watch Ninja Turtles through a shaky cam. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be the person that's watching Private Ryan watch Ninja Turtles. <laughs> that is, that to me is a formula for vomit everywhere. And not just regular vomit. I'm talking like movie, pea soup, <laughs> explosive everywhere vomit. Like vomit that that leaves no surface untouched. That, that might be the video in the ring. I'm not sure. I think. Wow. Of like someone watching a movie on a, a, a shaky cam movie. Yeah. That somebody would, watching Ninja Turtles on a shaky cam. You know what? At that point, you do want to die in seven days. <laughs> after you that. are faster. Like something <laughs> needs to, something needs to, can I watch it again to make it happen faster? Because I need, I need some stringy haired girl to show up immediately it's, and end. It's it. like taking an allergy pill or, or uh, a Tylenol or something like Man, crap! I've got to wait for this thing to to kick in. What am I going to do till that? I still hurt until then. You can drink. Oh. That's how you speed it up. No, no. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna push the fast forward button on this life thing. Give me a bottle. <laughs> it works. Find oh. me an alcoholic that doesn't look older than they are. <laughs> um, it works. You are factually correct. Oh, no, so yeah, I'm, no, I'm please don't know. watch this movie ever. Watch Guardians of the Galaxy, they're both still in theaters. Go watch Guardians of the Galaxy, and when you're done with that, go rent like Galaxy Quest, which is Guardians of the Galaxy before Guardians of the Galaxy was Guardians of the Galaxy. It's got Tony Shalhoub in it, and it's good. Yeah. <laughs> It's, a, it's, anyway. like the, it's like the best of all worlds. Anyway, I, I I think I think we should put this to bed. Please do because Charlie's I'm, been it, angry for a long time. I've been angry far longer <laughs> than any doctor would recommend that I be angry. If you if you if you have an angry erection that lasts more than hours, you need to consult a doctor. I I just said you were angry. I didn't say any. My anger is erect, not the rest, not any other part of me. Okay, good. Currently. Feeling so angry that you pop a boner. It's a, it's uh, called it's an not a, 
It's that's not a real an, thing that happens. It's called an anger erection, and it's a real thing. It's or the only just, way, yeah. it's the only way I can get up anymore. <laughs> anyway, so, gave him the best anger boner. It's true. Well, gentlemen, thank you for being here. Everybody, thank you for listening. Let's God. do this again sometime. Um, and now you know the rest of the story. Peace be with you, and not with Michael Bay. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Football. Football.